Hi, Paul Scanlon here. Thanks for taking the time to click on my podcast. I want to spend time focusing on my primary passions of leadership, personal development, communication, growing big people, and I hope that these podcasts really help and add value to your life and to your journey. Thanks for tuning in. You know, everything, everything in this room that happens today, you all know, don't you, it's not real. Nothing in here is real. This is all a flight simulator. This is virtual reality. This only counts when we leave this building, all of us, and we start giving away, we start passing on the love, the kindness, the grace, the inclusion, the joy, the happiness, the friendship inside this room. Every church I go to thinks they're friendly because they are to each other. If you tell someone in here this morning, great to see you, they'll say to you, great to see you too. If you say to someone in here, I love you, I'm praying for you, they'll say to you, thank you, I love you too, I'm praying for you too. If you're kind to someone in here, they'll be kind to you back. And that's what happens. We think that because that happens, that we're in a great relationship with each other, but all that love and kindness is trapped inside this echo chamber where we are reciprocating the love to each other. And what God wants us to understand is that His grace is not based on reciprocation. His love is not based on being loved back. The, the, the Bible says before you were even born, Jesus died for you. So you can hardly say he waited till he knew he'd get a good return. Right. He died on the cross knowing that, that, thousands, that thousands that he'd healed and blessed and delivered and done kindness to would stand around the cross shouting crucify him. I'm sure he saw people's faces that he, that he only prayed for and helped and set free last week. And they're at the foot of the cross shouting, crucify him. But he, he did it knowing that they would do that. And he does it knowing that you and I will do that. And I'm introducing you today again, reminding you that grace is, is not careful. I want you to leave this room today and stop being careful. Stop being careful. Stop being picky and choosy with who you think is lovable. With who you think is worthy of inclusion. I think the idea today is not to go out and evangelize. And by the way, evangelism, hmm, I'm not sure about that word. I think it's done more harm than good has that idea. And certainly in the modern Western evolving church with the emerging generation. Because I think Christians and non-Christians both have one big thing in common. We both hate evangelism. We don't like it because we feel clumsy and we feel awkward and artificial and the unchurched don't like it for the same reason. So we should be able to do a new idea, you know, in 21st century Western world. The new idea is perhaps we should move away from evangelism and just work on being kind. Or be nice. Be nice to people. Because if you're not nice to people, but you evangelize them, which can sometimes feel like grievous bodily harm, like assault. I mean, I'm amazed. I'm amazed I survived evangelism. So were some of you. That you survived evangelism, should have a medal. Because it was like you didn't count. It was just like a notch on my Bible to evangelize you. Is the, in, that's the environment I grew up in. Everybody's just, everybody just needs to get saved, get saved. So we didn't have relationships outside the church. We didn't, build, we didn't build relationships and connection. We didn't enjoy humans. We didn't enjoy people. And, and what I've done in my church for 17 years is I've been busy speaking to Christians when I should have been speaking to humans. Because we are good Christians that turned out to be bad humans. 
Because then it brought in all these poor that needed us to be just decent humans, let alone good Christians, or hell broke loose in our church. The letters I got from people in our church, these people are ruining our church. Ooh, our, our church was interesting language to me. Like they own the church. Like they got to decide who should and shouldn't come into the church as long as they don't ruin our country club. Was, the, was what I was hearing. And I thought, we've got a problem. 17 years in, I think we have a problem. It's, they're not bad people. They love God. All of that was not an issue. But I think we got stuck. I think we got blindsided by our own bubble experience where all of our lives and conversations and socializing and music that we wear and events that we go to and company that we keep and people in our phone directory, they're all bubble people. And we're all good inside the bubble. But God wants you this week to tell someone you love them who you know full well will not say to you, thank you or I love you back. That's grace. It's collateral. So this week I want you to go out, experiment today, start today. I wrote a book some years ago called 15 Revolution to try and get this into the culture of churches around the world because I'd worked on it for years in our church. 15 Revolution, the idea of the book is Give 15 minutes a day to help someone, be kind to someone, include someone, compliment someone, notice someone. 15, if you think that's easy, you should try it. If you, if you think it's easy to choose deliberately to be inconvenienced by getting involved in someone else's life, by engaging them as a person, if you lift your chin this week and realize that then in that wrist Serving you your coffee, where you go for your coffee every day, is a person. You don't know their name. Never ask them about their life. Never ask them how they are. If you go to the garage and fill up with petrol once a week, and the guy at the gas station or the girl at the gas station who hate their life, who feels stuck in their life, and you don't know their name, and you've never lingered and had a kind word, oh, I don't mean you haven't invited them to church. Well, they can see you coming a mile off. They don't want an invite to church. They want to know, do you see me? Am I invisible to you? What happened to that? And we need an epidemic of kindness across the planet. You all know that just as humans. And your kindness shouldn't have an agenda attached to it. Because they can spot that a mile off too. If you will go out this week and just notice people, be kind to people, um, is I think the nature of collateral grace. If you will go out this week and stop being careful, stop praying for a divine appointment. That's killed us. A divine appointment that you want to have an encounter with someone that results in someone coming to Christ. It's way too intense. It doesn't suit most of you anyway, so most of you won't do that this week, even though you shout amen to it. What does suit you, you're all overqualified to notice someone's shoes. Seriously. Um, I was in Singapore a while back and I was having breakfast and the guy in the restaurant came and uh, I said to him, I like your shoes, where do you get them from? He began to tell me um, that he bought them in Italy when he was cabin crew for BA years ago before he went back to live in Singapore and got a job there in the hospitality industry in hotels and he was heading up the concierge floor and he was a nice guy. His name was Jose. And I said, I love your shoes. That's how we started. He said, you're obviously English. What are you doing here? I told him my story. I said, I'm preaching at a church here uh, at the weekend. And uh, I said, I'd love you to come if you're free. I'm in town. He said, well, you know, um, uh, I'm a Muslim. 
He said, not a very good one. He said, I drink beer and uh, I eat bacon. <laughs> I said, well, also let me tell you, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a very good one. Because I, I drink gin and tonics. I like a cigar now and then, and I eat bacon. I said, me and you'll be fine. And I said, there's lots of us like you. I said, you'll be fine with us lot. I said, we're all flawed as well, though you won't be able to spot it, you know, often, because if, if butter wouldn't melt, that would be us often. But, you know, 30 years in pastoring, you know, all is not as it appears. So I said, you'll be fine. Anyway, I went the next morning for breakfast, and he met me at the door. Mr. Scanlon, I've got you the best table in the house, overlooking the city, but on the 65th floor, where it was. I didn't ask him to do that. I didn't ask him to meet me at the door, remember my name, or do anything special for me. I didn't ask for that. I wouldn't ask for that. I'm not a diva. These celebrity pastor divas. <laughs> I couldn't get away with a diva with my grandkids or my wife. So I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks so much. Um, he said, listen, my shift tomorrow is complicated, but if I do come to church, I'll be at the first service. I said, great. I'll look out for you. Now, I didn't tell him there'd be 10,000 people there. I won't tell him that. So I get up to speak and I tell the church the story I just told you. I said, Isaiah, are you here today? And if, you know, the, the instant sense of pressure I felt, the unspoken pressure in the room of, can we just get on with it, please? Like one person, are you kidding? You're making us all sit here to say hello to one person is what I felt the vibe was. The clock was ticking like it is now. Time was going. And it seemed to be a disproportionate bad use of my time to include one person. And I just hung on and I couldn't see anybody move and I'm trying to see, you know, under the lights. Is some, and I was just going to quit and then I saw a silhouette right at the top of the rig seating. And it was Jose. I said, you're here this morning. Welcome. I forgot to tell you there's 10,000 people waiting to welcome you. He got the welcome of his life. He was like a celebrity. Um, when I met him the next day before I left town, um, I said, I'm sorry I didn't tell you yesterday. He said, I had such a great time. He said, I met so many lovely people who also, he said, come to this church who are part of the staff of the hotel that I didn't know came to this church. And so on and so on. My point is, all of that started by me noticing his shoes because I like shoes. I, want I wasn't faking interest in his shoes to find some false connection. I like cars too. And so if I ever see someone with a nice car, especially Teslas, I'll say, oh, I love those cars. Tell me, how long have you had it? Tell me something unique about this car that I don't know. I heard about this car. Is it true? And I get into conversation. All guys and some girls love that stuff. But it's a point of connection. And I don't, I don't, my idea isn't, I'm going to do five minutes on the car, then I'm going to shove a Christian literature in your hand. I mean, that's just weird. Not, not, it's, it's dodgy. It's dodgy. And it's weird. And we've got to stop it. Just, just go this week and just, 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 you know, someone, I was, I was in a corporate event um, in Texas about a month ago. And uh, this, this CEO said to me, I have problems with people. I think I have a, dis a loyalty issue in my team of my top staff. He said, I have a loyalty issue. He said, how do you, in what I've done over my years in building staff and being part of teams and building teams, he said, how do you um, develop loyalty in your team? And I said to him, 
You do it by asking someone, how's your mum? End of. It was such a disappointing answer to him. Because it's not corporate at all, is it? It's just human. You develop loyalty, you build loyalty when you're shown interest in people's lives. Remember that two weeks ago, that staff member told you her mum was sick and how worried she was. Remember she told you that. Then two weeks later, go by Jenny's desk and say, Jenny, how is your mum? And remember her mum's name. How is Rita doing? How is Sheila doing? Remember, how is your mum? I'm concerned about her. Because that's then where you get loyalty from. Because they feel a sense of appreciation. They feel respected. They feel seen. Rather than they feel that they are just a means to an end. They're just here to help you sell more stuff, get more customers, get your profit margin up. But they don't feel they count as a person. That's all. You're all overqualified to notice someone's nice hair today. But say it to someone who has never had it said to them. This is why I'm teaching around the world in the church a message called Leftovers, where Jesus had 12 baskets left over from the feeding of 5,000. Because when he starts feeding the 5,000, he always had those in mind that were not there. He deliberately overdid it. Because there's always people that are not there that were included in his heart whilst those that were there were present, but those that weren't there are on his mind. So he, he, went, he did more than enough on purpose, knowing that others that are not here will also be included in what those got that were here. And often in the church, we're so minded on those that are here and those that are not here are in our virtual reality song singing and preaching until I started bringing them in, and then you were forced to have them here. And my point in that is that sometimes I think that we are in massive overkill in how indulgent we become on the love and the grace and the kindness and the energy and the love inside our churches. Um, I was in a church recently that may be concerned about this when uh, people were putting their hand up in the room that needed prayer, one of those churches where they did that, you had your prayer request today, and there were very serious things that were being mentioned here with cancers and so on. Um, our, our youngest granddaughter, she's four now, has been battling cancer for three years. She was diagnosed with cancer when she was one. Um, and going through that battling of cancer in the last three years has made me aware of how um, high-maintenance drama queens Christians are. I was in a service a while back and, 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 and they said, lay hands on somebody next to you who's got their hand up for prayer. So there was a lady behind me with her hand up and I, when I turned around, six people had their hands on her. So I said to her, excuse me, I said, what is it that you need prayer for today? She had toothache. Toothache. And I'm like, hmm, this is overkill. Six hands laid on you for freaking toothache? Keep your hand down till you have a real problem. Go home, take an aspirin or whatever, and you'll be fine. You don't need six people laying hands on you. Because when we do that regularly, that's what I mean by we get so comfortable and we get so, it's, it's overkill. And some of you, you know, you know your biggest challenge, you know our biggest problem often in the church, this was our church, you are overloved. You have way too much love. You don't need it all. 
Some of you will get a dozen texts this week telling you how loved you are from someone that sends you them every week. Listen to me. You don't need 10 of them. You don't need 10 of them. Someone else needs them who have not been told in a long time that they're loved. But instead, we soak up all the love and we soak up all the incoming, all the laying on of hands, all the support, and we gorge ourselves on it while we sing about a world going to hell. This was our church. And I'm reminding you this week to leave this room and when you get the first text telling you before you go to bed tonight how loved you are, go back and say, thank you. That will last me till Thursday. And between now and Thursday, pass it on. Tell someone else that you loved. Notice someone. Ask someone how's their mum. Find out someone's name. Remember someone told you something about what they're going through in their life or in their work or in their health. Start there and then commit to that becoming a whole new way of life for you. I promise you, you will never ever have a problem with people responding to invites to this church if they like you. If they like you and they appreciate you, you'll never have a problem filling this building because you're basing it on just being a lovely person rather than an evangelizing Christian with an agenda. Go out this week and be careless and be clumsy and be reckless with your grace and your love. You watch the different kind of, different kind of week you have. It will bless them. It will help them. But more importantly, you will have a different week if you will go out and be reckless this week with all this great stuff happening in this room today. Well, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial. And uh, I know time is precious commodity for us all, but I would love it if you would take the time to write a review or comment. And above all, maybe subscribe to my podcast channel. Thank you.